Hello, I'm Sadek. And uh, I'm Christian, currently computerless, but I'm still Christian. Yes, and this is episode 16 of Two Shades of Brown. We've gone uh, a month and like a week consistently. I'm yeah, proud of us. You know, we're yeah. getting milestones. Yeah, Christian's recording from his phone. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it's, it's great. We're recording phone calls this week. Yeah, yeah, we're using FaceTime audio and audio hijack ma- magic to make it work. Yeah. Um, so our first topic today um, is, is is the Surface Laptop, um, as it were. Well, uh, hold on. We, it's not the Surface Laptop. It's just Surface Laptop. We'll get Microsoft's cop, uh, marketing copy. <laughs> I just want to go on a quick rant about how every company does this. Apple does it, too. It's not yeah. the iPad. It's just iPad. Okay. And, it's, uh, and it breaks, like, English. So, like, in their marketing copy, they don't put the word the before iPad, right? Yeah. They just say iPad. So it's like, look at all the great things folks are doing on iPad. Aha, uh-huh. so Surface Laptops. Uh, Surface Laptop. Yeah. Uh, this is their uh, push towards the post-secondary education market. Um, so not high schools, uh, but colleges and universities um, with, uh, with a laptop that's, uh, that's still very expensive. That's sort of expensive, like $1,000. Sort of the MacBook replacement uh, thing they're going for here. Christian, uh, you want to talk about yeah. the processors and stuff? Uh, so it, um, it's packing an Intel. Well, the base model packs a Core i5 model, uh, Intel CPU and the higher-end ones, it goes up to a Core i7. Yeah. But what's interesting here is that they're using the U-series and not Core M or Y. Yeah. So this is like a full, I mean, it's not as powerful as a desktop, obviously, but this is like the more powerful laptop CPU that Intel makes. Yeah, definitely. And Microsoft is still claiming to be able to get like 14 hours of battery life on it, which is really interesting because it's not, it's thinner than the MacBook Pro. It's not, it's not as thin as the MacBook, yeah. uh, like just the MacBook one, the little gold laptop. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, uh. Like that, obviously, it comes in i5 and i7 models. The i7 model has uh, the Iris Plus 640 GPU, uh, which gives it a little bit more uh, graphics performance. Uh, 14.5 hours of battery life here. I don't know if that's like, is this how they're testing that, how they're getting those numbers? Are those on the i5 model or the i7 model? Um, uh, they, ooh, there's a tweet and I faved it, so I will. It'll be in the show notes. You can find it at twoshadesofbrown dot com. Yeah. But I'm fairly certain that they tested it with uh, Wi Fi off and all that stuff, and they're just looping a video. That's not a. That's not a good test. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't a good test. I think Doctor Pizza was complaining about it. Yeah, yeah, that's someone a very was bad complaining thing. about it that they uh, that they they didn't test it. I mean, even then too, if it can if it can still get 10, 11 hours in regular use, it's still good. Yeah, like fourteen's exceptional. If you if it breaks more than ten, like my MacBook right now, my MacBook One gets ten yeah. hours on the charge. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you're doing video editing, you're doing playing games, whatever. It's going to go down, but just like regular document editing and stuff, you can get to ten hours, eleven hours. It's fine. All right. So also too about the Surface Book, there's um, the design of it, which I think is important to discuss because so this one has a touchscreen, right? It has it doesn't have it's like the other Surface laptops where there's uh, no branding on the front, just the Microsoft logo on the back. Mm-hmm. But the keyboard is made out of fabric. Like, wow. it's an it's aluminum build, but it's covered in fabric. 
Oh, it's it's like the uh, it's like the Surface uh, Touch. Yeah, the Surface. Yeah, the Touch covers. Touch covers. Okay. Um, but it's it's a more high quality one that's apparently used in BMWs, some Italian fabric. Okay. It's very strange and interesting, and I want to know how it holds up because Surface keyboards in general, like the Surface Touch ones, those ones have, don't get dirty that much. Mm-hmm. They don't look super gross if you eat in front of them. So I'm thinking that this one's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's but it's it. it's interesting. Yeah, I'm interested in uh, in this laptop. Really, the design looks cool to me. It looks minimal. Um, nothing overly uh, st- like. It, I don't. I... Yeah, it's it's um it's subdued. You know, it's not super flashy. Although there are gross antenna lines because Microsoft wanted to make the bezel smaller. I think on the screen, mm-hmm. it's like how like an iPhone has a not be- or antenna lines, right? So like uh, the iPhone has it on the sides. There's that right by the ports on the uh, sides of the machine. Can I, can I get, like, they, they don't have a black version. Could, couldn't have shipped the black version. Uh, that burgundy looks so good, man. You don't uh, even know. All uh, those colors. I, I, mean, I like them. I like it, too. Like, it's a nice color, but, you know, I got to match my aesthetic. It's, that's the thing. <laughs> my aesthetic. Like, it's, is it's your all... aesthetic also no USB-C ports? Because this is also a dumb oh, thing about this computer, man. Uh, oh, I mean, my aesthetic's already broken because I have a MacBook Pro. But um. <laughs> man, if you're if you're giving me a thousand dollars for no a thousand three hundred, because you know no one don't buy a computer at four gigs of RAM unless it's like one of these education Windows ten machines, and that's yeah. fine. If it's a hundred eighty nine dollar laptop and it's four gigs of RAM, I'm not going to cry about it. But a thousand dollar laptop and you can't put eight gigs of RAM, it's twenty seventeen. Yeah, four gigs of RAM is not enough to run Chrome. Also, you DisplayPort, man. DisplayPort and USB-A. Who, Microsoft, what are you smoking? I mean, DisplayPort is fine, but uh, USB-A, okay, what? DisplayPort, everyone knows you can be using a dongle for everything. Just put HDMI. HDMI would be a way better option. Yeah, that's... For college that's... kids, how many college people, college kids are using DisplayPort on a regular basis? Yeah, that's true. Uh, DisplayPort is very... Uh... You're going to be plugging this into your TV, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, please, Microsoft, why? I... Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh so so bad yeah i mean it's also good like this is still probably like the best one of the it's probably gonna be like the windows machine to recommend because i was saying on mastodon i was like you know it's finally just a computer i can be like just buy it you're probably not going to regret it it's yeah probably, it's it probably is not going to play be able to do everything but it'll do most things for enough people where i can't like have anyone complain at me which is like a laptop just like just get a macbook you'll be mm-hmm. fine they're also using the same power connector as the surface Three and four. Um, okay. Which is interesting. That means the Surface Dock is probably going to work with it too. The Surface. Oh, the Surface Dock. Oh, I. Uh, oh, I didn't know. Because for the Pro Four, oh. that's uh, it's no longer something you click it into. It's just like a side piece you plug into the power connector. I believe. Oh, okay. So it's it's the power connector also transfers data. That's that's what I saying. believe. So am I am I also take over your USB port? So that's maybe why they suck a USB A just because uh, sure compatibility. Okay. But this is. I wonder. Firstly. Why has there been no Surface Pro 5? Why have they not refreshed the Surface Book besides adding a new GPU to it last year? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I guess Microsoft's being like Apple and just kind of skipping KB Lake. Yeah. I mean, this this is shape, shipping with KB Lake, which is... Uh, yeah, it's the first Surface to do so. But like, yeah. no... Micro, Apple hasn't shipped a laptop with KB Lake yet. And yeah. Microsoft has yet to ship anything besides this with KB Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I honestly... I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think the uh, more expensive version of this probably, I think it might have a stronger processor than the Surface Studio. Because that's also using laptop. They uh, using Intel's laptop Surface, CPUs. Surface Studio. Yes. It probably has a better GPU, but I think the processor might be. 
maybe stronger in this one for the top end one. It's all interesting though. Microsoft has like them turning around their surface to their surface line has been really interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And Panos Panay is the best presenter in the world. Don't even care, man. It's so good. It comes with a headphone jack, uh, so then that's fine. Um, <laughs> you could, I mean, MacBooks come with headphone jacks too. Apple uh, only took it out of the iPhone. Not, yeah. not the new iPad, though. Not, not that new iPad. That mm-hmm. still has a headphone jack. Yeah. Yeah, so USB-A um, display port and... Um, micro SD, or no, full SD, I think. I think SD, micro SD. There's where? some kind of expanded storage. Where? Where? Is it? Am I looking? Oh, that's a power connector. Yes, Wait. that is the power connector. That is it not looks a, like I an thought, SD. Yes, it, I thought at first it was the SD connector. Then I realized, um, no, that's the, that's the power um, connector. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the Surface Book's little cool design thing. Surface laptop, you mean? Surface. Because they already have, this is their second technical laptop, although it's not really a lot. It's Microsoft, just, here's, uh, here's some naming tips. Just uh, you might, I expect my check to come in the mail in a timely manner. <laughs> the Surface laptop, call it Surface. The Surface Pro, call it Surface Tablet. The Surface Book, call that the Surface Pro. And then you know what? The Surface Phone, call it Surface Phone. Because it makes a lot more sense when you frame it that way. Because right now, technically, the Surface Pro is not more powerful than the Surface Laptop if you get the i7 version. Because the Surface uh, Pro is uh, using the U, no, the Y series, I think. I think it's using a, slow, a slightly less uh, underclocked i7 just for power constraints and yeah. heating. And I don't think it's using as strong as GPU, and obviously it's using last gen's. Uh, Intel stuff, and this one gets better battery life than it, so it's like it's just, just name things better, please, Microsoft. Yeah, um, and the, the thing that's important here with the Surface Laptop is uh, there's a new version of Windows um, that's shipping with this laptop, um, Windows 10 S, where the S doesn't actually stand for anything, as far as I know. Uh, uh, I want to say it's uh, Super Windows Windows 10 Super. Yeah, it's not very super because um, it's it's locked. It's a locked up version of uh, Windows 10 where all the apps must come from the uh, Windows App Store, uh, Windows Store, as it were. Um, it's a new cut down Windows 10 SK, uh, SKU SKU. Um, it's it's interesting though, right? It's yeah. just like so. I get the idea of it on cheap machines because they so like. With the Surface Laptop, this whole event was an educational event, right? They wanted to push more in education because people are buying Chromebooks because they're low band- a low overhead, easy management, and disposable. Yes. You don't need to have, like, network installations of Chrome OS on all of them, right? Yeah. You just set them up. Google offers a web portal. You just tell all the Chromebooks, hey, we are under this Google Apps account, and you can preload them off the students' accounts. All you have to do is just log in once, and it pulls all the information in, and it's super quick and easy. Yeah. And so Microsoft is saying that, hey, we can use Windows 10 and uh, sell laptops and mm-hmm. software that uh, goes to this model, too. So they locked down Windows 10. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you if, – if for the intended purpose, right, of a managed school system, mm-hmm. you don't really need apps like that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, if you're, if you're having, like, classes that use Photoshop or some video editing software – yeah. Those are only going to be like 10 machines and maybe the whole system. Yeah. So you can just, and even then, the Chromebooks wouldn't replace those to begin with. Those would be running Windows like full, they'd be back, so they'd be running like Windows Pro to begin with, right? So it's, 
it doesn't matter in that situation, but it's interesting when they are now selling it to consumers as well, which is your Surface laptop. Yeah, which I mean, this is this is targeted towards uh, presumably university or college students, uh, and so like I don't know about anybody else, but uh, as a university or college student, uh, I use stuff outside the Windows Store. Like everything I use is outside the Windows Store. I don't really use the Windows. But 10 you're store. you're like a you're a computer nerd though. What about like regular folks who uh, just want a computer for office and stuff? Because let's most college courses or most college like critic, uh, curriculums don't really require you to use special programs. It's only like if you're doing like architecture or three D modeling or computer science or like STEM, right? Yeah. And it's so, I guess. But then at that point, you'd probably be better off with a Surface Pro. Or if you're doing computer science, you'd be better off with a, uh, a computer that has like actual a Unix-based system in it, right? Like a Mac or just a computer running Linux. Yes. Um, also, the the Pro upgrade, um, like to upgrade to Windows 10 Pro, will cost uh, fifty dollars. Um, it is free through the end of the year, though. Yeah. Uh, so if you buy you... a service laptop today, mm-hmm. you can just upgrade for free. Yeah. And is it really necessary? Like, it's most it's Windows, man. Someone's going to release a tool to just like let you sideload apps within like a week of the laptop being out. Yeah, but like you, like most people are not going to be sideloading stuff. They're going to be buying the upgrade, or if they buy a laptop now, they'll just take the free upgrade. Um, yeah. Just, I mean. I don't know how I feel about uh, students with uh, laptops like these, but... People use iPads for school all the time. It's not that big yeah, of a deal. That's that's true. Um, and I mean, on, like, people who use Macs, right? Like, what, what do you really install that's not from, like, the store? Chrome. And that's, like, is, <laughs> is Google... Will, will Google be able to uh, get into the Windows Store? According to Microsoft, yes. They uh, eased up the rules, so now you can port Win32 apps to uh, the Universal Windows platform, and they can... Um, compile their own code and do all that sort of fancy stuff that web browsers require. Right. I mean, there's, I think there's still some limitations with sub-processing. Uh, the sandbox might limit you on that. Yeah. But you can, they have, they allow full web browsers that have their own com- uh, runtimes and their own uh, JavaScript engines to be put in the Windows Store. Mm-hmm. So I, it's like, it's more or less will Google put it in the Windows Store and they said they're putting the full Office suite, just not the mobile apps, which you should probably be using if you're on Windows, because honestly, the uh, Office mobile apps are fine on desktop. The UI is great, and they have a lot less overhead. And they don't have as many features, which is a good thing if you don't live in Excel or Word. But it's Chrome and Adobe. Like Adobe has some of their Express apps, I believe, in the Windows Store. Mm-hmm. And I think Microsoft is most likely working with them. They, I don't think they announced anything, mm-hmm. but I would not be surprised in a month or two if we start seeing Photoshop or, or like, you know how the Xbox, you can get EA access through the Xbox? Yes. Like if they um, built in like a subscription option for the creative cloud that you can just get through the Windows Store. That would be interesting. Uh, I wonder if Adobe is interested in doing that because that would mean they would have to give a cut to Microsoft. Um, mm, maybe. I mean, I don't think EA gives a cut to Microsoft. Maybe With not. Maybe Xbox subscriptions are different than like Windows Store subscriptions. Yes, maybe. Um, it's that, that depends on if Adobe is interested in, in doing that, uh, if they care enough, or if they see if they see the Windows 10s as being popular enough for them to justify that. Because uh, well, I mean, if it makes it easier, well, if you go back to like the, uh, the school option, right? Like if they if Adobe sells through the Windows Store, then that means that schools can use Windows 10s on now like the video editing machines or like 
the Photoshop machines use for their art classes or their mm-hmm. journalism classes mm-hmm. and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the, the, yeah, it's, I mean, because Windows 10 S will support uh, what's, it's called Intune, Microsoft's uh, cloud-based uh, device management system, uh, just like uh, Google's cloud-based management system for Chrome OS systems. So, I think it's called Classroom for Google. It's Classroom just for oh, the education stuff. Okay, okay. And then, yeah, Microsoft Intune. It's originally their enterprise thing. I'm pretty sure they already have, like, some education one, but they're just kind of expanding it and redesigned it. Yeah. Because now it used to be, I think, you'd have to connect all the computers to a network. You and then from um, the server, right? you would You would connect the... Uh, or you would image the laptops, like uh, laptops with Windows 10 education connected to a Windows domain. Um, yeah. And that way you can log in with your domain credentials. As That's how that's how, uh, education networks work. Uh, at least at my school, uh, the laptops just, well, the, the images come preloaded with Windows connected to a domain already. Um, so you can uh, just do that. Um, yeah, but now it's just you can plug in a flash drive and that has all the settings on it and all that stuff. Yeah. And it'll just automatically put on the domain, which is probably a lot faster. Yeah, than, so if, uh, if, if students are bringing their own laptops, um, they'll probably need to connect to the domain in some way. Um, and that, that will, uh, I would imagine there's some sort of login portal or some setup uh, application that they can run uh, and that will connect them to the domain. Um, yeah. What's more important though, Windows 10 has for the uh, cheaper machines, they start at 189 American dollars. Mm-hmm. And the I believe the mint spec for it is going to be four gigs of RAM, an Intel Celeron, and at least a 720 to 1080p screen. All right. I mean, that's that's fine. I, I and think... then for like 299 um, or maybe like, I think it's $100 more from like 289 to $300, mm-hmm. you, the ones that Microsoft has spec'd out are going to have full touchscreen, 1080p ones, I think, 720p, like just around HD, um, the convertible style hinges, mm-hmm. pen support yeah. using uh, like the Surface Pen technology. Yeah. And all that fancy stuff, and and I think cellular connectivity is an option, but mm-hmm. I don't know why a school would want to use that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is the second time they're trying this sort of restricted uh, Windows thing. Uh, I think everybody likes to forget Windows RT. Um, oh, the, Windows RT. It's different, though, right? I mean, it is different, but in a it's like it was a version of Windows eight uh, that ran on ARM processors only, um, and was similarly restricted to. Uh, Windows Store apps because uh, those are compiled for ARM and the rest weren't. Um, but even then, too, yeah, that one, uh, Windows, it was, and they didn't ship it with education machines. It was a whole no. bunch of that. It was just like with the original surfaces before they got good. Yeah. yeah the non pro surfaces uh, uh, that, yeah, don't, don't, never, don't use Windows RT. That's, it's, don't, yeah, don't it's, it's a dead, it's a dead platform, just yeah, like Windows Phone. Rest yeah. in peace. Um, Although this gets interesting, though. Speaking about phones, though, when you start, because right now the um, the Qualcomm eight thirty five, I believe that's their latest chip. That one supports the full Win thirty two window, like desktop apps compiled to ARM that okay. Microsoft showed off last year. Wow! So this is where things start to get interesting. You remember a while back we were talking about Continuum and all that a yeah. couple episodes ago. Yeah. So we have that. You have when like Windows ten uh, S. Yeah. Once those things all start combining, things get more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. The school just gives students a phone instead that they have docs for. Although, obviously, there's privacy implications in this, right? Like, I'm not, I'm going to ignore, ignore them for the sake of this uh, 
of his thought experiment, but yeah. there there are obviously like caveats and stuff. Yeah. But it's like a student has a phone, they just kind of just plug it into uh, a dock or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they can just use all their computing stuff on it. I don't know. Continuum is uh, uh, the the whole phone to desktop thing has been tried so many times at this point. I don't know if uh, even if Microsoft because Windows 10 Mobile, nobody wants to use a Windows 10 Mobile phone. Nobody. Well, I mean, as of right now, that's like that's the thing, though, right? So, like, Windows 10 Mobile is kind of dying, but in the roadmap and all the leaked roadmaps. They're essentially just porting the full desktop shell down the mobile. Because mm. it's right. So, like, so once you have it, if you're, everything's from the Windows Store, then it's already a universal app. That means it has a UI that scales from the phone to desktop, right? Scales right. the Xbox, scales all that. So, and let's ignore America. Let's ignore Canada, right? Because obviously people have more computers in there, but you go to other parts of the world where folks don't have like, actual desktop computers, and it makes more sense. Yes, that's, that's And true. then, so if there's a whole education push with windows 10s right it all just kind of comes together mm-hmm. i mean is it ever going to be successful who knows uh, microsoft has a lot of money to burn on this though yeah they, they, uh, they already have burned a lot of money on uh windows mobile uh, i don't know uh, they're probably going to keep burning money on that uh because mobile is is, is where where everything's heading these days so mm-hmm. another interesting thing though that um they briefly showed off at the event is really cheap hololens devices Ooh. There's a Acer made one. I think it's 179, 200 dollars. It's so obviously it's not as good as Hololens. It's tethered. Yeah, but you can run it on one of these Windows 10 SPCs. That is that is interesting to me. The Hololens yeah, stuff. These, these is... super cheap VR headsets. And obviously, you know, it's not going to be great as good of quality as an Oculus as anything else. Yes, but either like 100, 200 dollars, you can plug them into one of these cheap computers for school, and that's really cool for education right yeah yeah that's definitely uh that's actually good because ar is, is interesting uh, i think hololens is probably the most interesting thing microsoft is doing right now um mm-hmm. uh, i would love to see more ar stuff uh coming out from other companies as well yeah and then they also were speaking about ar they also showed off uh like it's i guess it's rudimentary ar but you don't even need a headset you can just like use apps that place objects in rooms and stuff and yeah. do like a former room scale and all you need is like a i think they said a 720p 0.3 megapixel rgb just a webcam yeah and it, they have tracking and all that working in it cool. uh, that, so i mean it's obviously the quality isn't going to be great because you need cheaper hardware the screen isn't that good the camera isn't that good mm-hmm. but the fact that the technology is becoming this accessible that's where it really starts to blow up yeah, I think I think Microsoft here is is sort of placing the foundations for uh, all of this stuff to like to have a platform to grow on. I think in the AR stuff, the the education tie-ins with AR and all this stuff is all connected. And I mean, yeah, because I mean, I think like where Microsoft's at, right? It's yeah. like you have Chromebooks; they're trying to they're eating our lunch. It's what do they do? They build something that is cheap, but then they're also trying to push forward to yeah. like change how classrooms operate mm-hmm. it, where I think Google is just like, we got laptops, you know, they use Google docs and then when they go work, they can use Google docs there. Yeah. The, the education pushed by Google is a lot. And, and it's something they probably care about, but it's more of like modernizing the classroom while Microsoft's like, there's a lot of cool technology and stuff out there. Mm-hmm. What if we just pull it into the classroom? Cause Google doesn't have that much of an AR push. 
or VR, Google's VR push is just like on Pixel devices, right? Now. Yes. No one buy, you can't even buy a Pixel device. <laughs> they, yeah. they won't sell you one. And they're very expensive here in Canada as well. Um, so that's that. Also, all new Windows 10 Education PCs will get a free one-year subscription to Minecraft Education Edition. Which, which is super interesting. I, I actually really like this. Uh, what is the difference uh, between normal Minecraft and Education Edition? I don't know what that is. Uh, um, education Edition will give you, uh, I think, you get access to, like, Microsoft provides their own, like, coding libraries and, like, architecture, uh, okay. libraries, like, class plans and stuff. Oh, that's... And um, you, it's... That's cool. I think it changes like how admins and stuff work inside the actual game. Oh, where you can assign like you know teacher roles, who just have more access, um, and then people can be assigned to the student. I, I, I would imagine that also like allows teachers to create like uh, yeah lesson plans and stuff. Yeah, create real like uh, private servers and stuff to connect. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, that. and then there's uh, with educate with the education edition stuff that they're bringing on. I think it was like. They had, uh, it was integrations of, like, IDEs, so you can start coding your own Minecraft mods, and you can mm -hmm. introduce people to programming by, like, sort of scratch, there's these, like, visual, like, block programming languages. Yeah. And so you bring that into Minecraft with physical blocks that you move around and interactive uh, in a three-dimensional world. Oh, uh, okay. And then uh, think about that, too. You bring it with the VR and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... So then, like, that is probably the most literal hands-on way of programming you can get without using physical objects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is all this is all foundational stuff. Yeah, I think like in a year or so we'll see a sort of the the all the things coming together and taking a little bit more. Well, I mean, this is this is assuming that schools are still going to be funded in a year, but that's, a, oh, that's Lord, another topic oh, for another God, day. God, oh, that's Lord. a whole other topic for another day. Oh God, um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm going to turn the topic. Uh, we've been talking about <laughs> Google Docs. Um, we, uh, our, our second and last topic today, uh, I think, um, will be Google Google Docs phishing. Um, uh, recently, uh, recently, as in yesterday, um, there was uh, there was a, a certain phishing worm that hijacked. That what it did was it sent an email that looked very much like a real invitation to a Google Docs document, and it would come from one of your contacts. And if you clicked on it, it would take you to this page that would look like a a legit uh, Google's login page, and you would enter your credentials, and you would authorize an OAuth app that would give give the give the phishing malware uh, access to contacts, access to email, access to all that. And what that what that worm would then do would use those contacts and access to mail uh, to send itself to all your contacts, um, which is which is like uh, which is how which is how that worm spread everywhere. Um, and man, that, that's a dangerous one. The I've seen like the sample sort of emails uh, that that like uh, that have been going around, and uh, they, they look very very realistic. If you, if you haven't seen, especially if you're expecting Google, if if you all, if you already receive a lot of Google Docs document uh, invitations and whatnot. Yeah, the phishing email just literally looked like a regular Google Docs invitation, just with like some worse padding. Yeah, it's it's very real. It looks very realistic. It was a it was a very interesting hijack of the OAuth system. Yeah, so say pronounce it right. Yeah, it's OAuth. Yeah. So uh, just for people who don't know, OAuth is a uh, when you say, for example, download Tweetbot to use Twitter because he just Twitter client is a piece of garbage. Uh, you log in and it says, "Do you want to authorize this app 
to access your Twitter account and yeah. you would hit allow access and it tells you like, oh, they can read your contact or not read your contacts and read your tweets, read your DMs. They can send messages. You let, are you sure you want to let them do this? And you hit yes again because you assume they're a good actor and that they're doing what they're going to do in good faith. Yes. And so it's interesting because once one person got fished, they sent out a bunch of other of these fake invites using yep. the person's email address because it yep. gives you access to send emails. Yes. And you would think, like, you click on it. Let's say Google Doc link is like, oh, Google Docs needs to send your uh, send emails and uh, you know modify Google Drive documents. And you're like, oh, that makes sense because that's what I want to invite folks. But the problem being, Google does not list the developer name. Yep. On until you click a button, you have to click the. Uh, a little circle with an eye in it, I believe, yes, is the icon, yeah. and then, mm-hmm. then it lists the developer's name. Because no one can say, I am Google, and this is uh, you're letting Google use this, because if you were, Google wouldn't need access to the Insta Google account, right? It's sort mm-hmm. of a recursive loop. So they kind of hijacked it by naming it Google Docs and just banking on the fact that most people aren't going to click that icon because yep. it's like, what, 20 pixels? Yep. Yeah, so Google, um, they were using several domains for these. Um, Google... Uh, the the domains have all been are all offline now. Um, the the permissions associated with the worm, uh, Google has revoked all of them. Um, um, so, I mean, Google reacted quickly, but I think Google should be proactive um, and pattern match uh, apps that call themselves Google Docs because that's that's very um, not. I mean. I hope they're doing that now because if they're not, it's, this is going to happen again. Um, because it's just, uh, yeah, phishing is scary, folks. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. If you ever receive an email um, suggesting you get a Google Docs document and you're not expecting one, uh, make sure you contact the person, uh, like, uh, and ask them if they're if you're supposed to, they're supposed to be sending you a Google Docs anyway. Um, or more importantly. Even not with Google Docs, just with email in general. Always check headers. Always check headers. If you if you don't know how to check headers in your mail client, please uh, look it up. Please do. Uh, uh, email clients have different ways of looking at headers. Um, some of them are more complicated than others, but uh, please do look up headers. Uh, if you don't understand headers, um, what you can do is just go to docs.google.com and the, the document, if it's a legit document, it will already be there, shared with you. Right, it'll show up uh, in your in your Google Docs account. Uh, yeah, there's a yeah with the share but, uh, with me tab. Yeah, and it's just uh, email phishing is an interesting problem because it's not Google that faces it. Apple also faces it. The yes. iCloud hacks from a year ago were uh, phishing. Yeah, I, like I, I have a personal like, sort of like anecdote. Um, I, like a couple months ago, my sisters uh, received an iTunes receipt of a phishing iTunes receipt in her primary inbox. It got past uh, Outlook's filters. Uh, and she was like, like at first she thought it was like, wait, did I buy something from iTunes? And then she showed me the email and it was very well crafted. There was, there was only one typo in it. And then I checked the headers um, and checked the headers and it was obviously a fake. And if you clicked on it, it would take you up to a very, uh, very convincing Apple iCloud login page. Um, and will tell you to log in to check your account. Well, yep. yeah. So like, phishing is scary because it it preys on you uh, on on your human failings. It preys on you not being hundred percent vigilant all the time. Um, so if you're ever suspicious that something is a phishing email, 
go to the website it's supposed to be from uh, directly uh, by typing in the URL yourself. Yeah, uh, and always assume that it is a phishing email because let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, don't use email. Don't don't just don't email people in general. <laughs> don't check your inbox. But also, too, every single service offers a different way to check invites. Shared notes in iCloud. There is an option in the uh, notes app to yeah. check invites. Yes. Email or um, calendar invites, Google Docs or Google Calendar, I mean, and I, uh, the calendar, not app. I don't know what the hell Apple calls it. Stupid names. <laughs> but that, there is an invites tab. So if you see it, just archive the email. And then if you think it's something you should check, don't uh, just always check the, uh, the mm-hmm. actual app itself because they all, op- uh, all offer yeah. um, areas yeah. Yeah, to do Definitely. It. Like, I, I've been also been receiving interesting phishing emails, uh, somewhat targeted. Uh, towards in my Outlook account for my the bank that I use, um, they're very bad phishing. Like they're not quality phishing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm on some list as customer of X Bank uh, somehow, uh, which is possible, I guess. Um, so yeah, be careful, especially if it's a banking related email. Never your bank will never send you emails with a login link. That yes, your bank will never do that. Uh, so if you have any doubts, call your bank. Uh, call the number on the back of the card, whatever it is. I uh, never, never click the link, um, as it were. Um, that, that's that's my lesson on uh, being vigilant against phishing. Um, I think I don't think we have anything else to talk about. So I think we're gonna. This is gonna be a short and sweet episode. So you can find us on the show notes at twoshadesofbrown.com. Uh, you can contact us at contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon, uh, no Twitter. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter, but I won't respond. Um, st- at staticsave at mastodon.zombocloud.com. How about you, Christian? I'm a, you know what? Screw it. Let's, let's go with Mastodon this week. I'm uh-huh. on Mastodon. I chose fine at mastodon.social, where I have the dankest shit posts. Yes. And uh, until next time. Until next time. Goodbye. Bye.